The following program may contain coarse language and is intended for an adult audience. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Are you ready? Can you feel it? Change is a coming. Radio Free G. No topic is sacred. No view is unchallenged. Visit RadioFreeG.blogspot.com. Subscribe on iTunes. Welcome to your new world. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. I am your host, Radio Free G. It is mid-November 2008, and you are listening to episode 38 of Radio Free G. You may have noticed that there was a different introduction off the top. No, I have not fired number one Radio Free G award-winning announcer Big V. But I came across some new music, and uh, that comes from uh, Incompetech.com. Links are up on the site, and I want to say thank you to the owner of that site for putting up royalty-free music under the Creative Commons license that can be used as long as credit is given. No, as I said, Big V is not fired. However, as I came across this music, I started thinking to myself, what exactly is the message of Radio Free G. What is it that I am trying to put out there into the ear of everyone within the sound of my voice? And for the global listenership, I realized that what I am trying to do here is change the way that people think about their world. I'm trying to spur action. I am sending out a call to all those who are listening to do something in their lives, to look at things in their life differently. And that is why I came up with the new introduction. Welcome to your new world. That is the new tagline for Radio Free G. Because I'm going to bring to light items that many people don't think about. Or common everyday items that people for some reason or other, and in some cases they're very fortunate, as you will see from one of the examples that I'm going to give you today, they're very fortunate that they do not have to experience them. So we have a new introduction. We'll get that done off the top. Show rundown today. We're going to be talking about the fucking car insurance companies and the scam job that they have going, pulling the wool over everybody's eyes in Ontario, Canada. I don't know how the regulations work in other places in the world, but anyone that is forced to buy car insurance will be able to identify completely with the story that I'm going to spill on you. Number two, we have another episode of Tech Talk, brought to you by Soundwave. And in this one, Soundwave investigates some of the differences between the major photo formats, ping, JPEG, bitmap, GIF. If it sounds like I'm talking in a foreign language, you certainly do need to listen to this episode. He, got, he runs through all of the formats, their pluses and minuses, and their applications. I know we're all looking forward to that. And finally, I came across a very disturbing post in the blogosphere. Um, it involves suicide. And when I tell you this story, you will not believe what you hear. Uh, it, it will chill you to the bone. Uh, and really, I can't really say more about it without getting into the whole story. And I want to save that for the big finish. So the first thing that we are going to talk about is the fucking car insurance scam that's going on 
in Ontario, Canada. Here's what happened to me. If you head to radiofreegee.blogspot.com, you will see that down the right-hand sidebar there is a show directory. I have uh, items listed by keyword, and in a previous episode, I detailed... <laughs> it's, it's a little bit uh, difficult for me to even talk about this, just because I have the memories flooding back, but I went through and I detailed a car accident that I was involved in. Uh, did I plow into somebody from behind? Yes. Was it my fault? No. Did I face the prospect of obtaining a shitload of demerit points and essentially having my driving career brought to a halt because I do not have the excess cash of, say, certain celebrities that drive into people's houses um, or uh, routinely wreck their luxury automobiles, but, I mean, they don't care. It's simply a cash flow problem. Uh, yes, that is the situation that I was in. I believed that I was innocent, and I fought those charges, and I ended up winning. Um, I had uh, just recently renewed my driver's license. I've renewed my insurance. Uh, my driver's abstract is clean, so I, uh, luckily I did not go to some of the uh, fly-by-night com companies that say, that, oh, yes, we'll take your case and we'll go to court and you don't pay and blah, blah, blah. Um, one of those companies named Xcopper here in the uh, Toronto, Ontario region has just recently gone belly up <coughs> and left a lot of their... <coughs> Sorry, I seem to be a little bit dry today. Let me just have some of this wonderful Coke Zero. Coca-Cola, they make some fucking good product. I'm not a sponsor, but you know, anytime you want to come in, throw a little cash my way, hey, my pockets will be ready and waiting to accept. So, let me get back to what I was saying. Ex-Copper Legal Services, they went out of business, they left thousands of people with zero recourse. Um, the uh, dates that were booked in the courts simply went uh, unfulfilled. People shelled out good money and received nothing for their services and they knew they were going bankrupt and they still kept taking new business which is terrible terrible and I really feel for the people that may have been caught in that debacle so back to my back to my short history here I went through I fought the case I won and just recently I received a new bill for my uh, car insurance and I realized that there was a slight increase and now I have two vehicles on my car insurance, and as I called up, I was told that, oh, there's been a rate increase on one of the vehicles. Okay, that's fine. I mean, you know, even though my car is worth less and less, and I'm paying more and more insurance as time goes on, and I have more and more driving experience, that's just part of the system. You can't beat that. While I was on the phone with my broker, something else came up, and I noticed that there was an incident listed under my driving history in the month and year that I had my incident. Now the the incident itself, and this is how it was explained to me by the broker, the incident itself, because I hit somebody from behind, even though I am not at fault in any other way imaginable, according to the insurance company, if I hit someone from behind, regardless of circumstance or context, I am charged with an at-fault incident. This is when I started going bananas on my broker. 
it turns out that that incident will stay on my record for another five years. If I choose to go to another insurance company, given the recent economic global meltdown that has happened, the insurance companies are running around like chickens with their heads cut off. They are changing all of their policies towards taking on new business. That accident will follow me around for five years. The only reason why I'm not getting completely smashed on my rates with that incident is because the insurance company that I'm with, they have uh, some form of accident forgiveness. So the first time that you do something terrible or something terrible happens to you, you take a small hit, but not the massive bludgeoning that would come your way if you actually did something crazy like run over a pedestrian or, 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 or again, plow into someone's house or whatever the case may be. So now, I'm pretty much stuck with the insurance company that I'm with. And I'm at their mercy no matter what they say. If they want to raise the rates on any vehicle that I happen to own, I'm stuck paying it. I cannot go shop around. The free market, the free and open market, is now closed to me in terms of shopping around for insurance. A little bit of background for some of you that don't know. It is the law here in Ontario that one must have vehicle insurance if you are driving a vehicle. I don't really have an issue with that. What I do have an issue with is the powers that are granted to the insurance companies by the government that's legislated that everyone has to have insurance by giving them the option of putting in bullshit rules like this. It is completely unfair. If I go produce a driver's abstract, I'm fine. If I go to apply for a new job and they want a driver's abstract, I'm clean. The only place I get fucked royally is I have to pay for something that the courts have said, throw it out. It doesn't exist anymore. It never happened. But I'm stuck paying for it. And I have to have insurance. Again, I don't have a problem with that. I have a problem with the way the system is put together. I never put in a claim for the damages to my vehicle. And they were somewhat substantial. I paid those all out of pocket. Because if I was... Now, this, this again is where I started going apeshit on my, on my broker. Because he said, you're lucky that you didn't put in a claim for the X thousands of dollars that you spent to repair your vehicle. Because then you would have an at-fault on your record and you would have a claim so you would lose all of your claims free discounts uh, uh, more uh, rules would kick in on the side of the insurance company and you would be paying even more so let's step back a second and set the groundwork here if you are involved in an accident anyone in the listenership if you are involved in an accident number one do not report it I'll tell you that right now. Do not go to the collision reporting center and report it. As long as there is no grievous loss of life, and as long as you can drive your vehicle someplace where it needs to go, exchange information, that way you always have the recourse of whether you're the person who got hit or the person who did the hitting, whatever the case may be, you should always have the option of going to the insurance. But I'm telling you right now, for your own benefit, do not report this. I was in the unfortunate situation because the person that I happened to hit immediately dialed 911 and there was a police investigation launched. 
I didn't have to go to a collision reporting center because it was already done for me. The police came to me. How's that for service? This guy walked away. His car had minimal damage. He never even asked me for money to fix anything. He, 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 never, he never even put in a claim, as far as I know, for any damage that was done to his car. I took the brunt of the accident, and I drove my car home. Now, because this guy decided to dial 911 and decided to get authorities involved when it could have been handled in a completely different and low-key way, I'm driving around with this stigma on me for five years. Might as well just put a red scarlet letter on my on my sleeve. Because every insurance company I go to has access to this. Every single insurance company I go to sees this in my history and I cannot run from this. So anyone out there, I repeat, do not report anything that happens to you. Pay for it entirely out of pocket. Because you know what? You're going to be fucked. Whether, you, whether it's your fault, whether it's not your fault, the insurance companies are looking for anything and everything to raise your premium rate because they're raking in the cash off of you. They have been given, much like the 407 highway, which is, which is another issue that I went through in a previous episode of Radio Free G, much like the 407 highway, they've been given a license to steal by the government. And nothing is going to happen until more people speak up about it. I had no idea that this was even going on. I'll bet you a lot of people, they go, they get car insurance because they have to. It seems all vague and complex. There's a whole broker system involved because the brokers play the middlemen. They're the ones that can deliver the bad news and say, ah, but these insurance companies are all bastards. Yes, the brokers are, are not in an easy situation when they have to deal with this. But every claim is not paid out by the insurance company. And if you don't put in a claim, everything that they collect is pure profit. So think about the thousands of dollars that you pay, that you have to pay, that you piss away. And then when the time comes that you need something, you get dinged for it again. I'll tell you this right now. If anything happens and you put in for a claim, you're going to end up paying for it anyway. Because your rates are going to skyrocket. And who knows how many times over you're going to be paying for that money when you might as well have just paid it out of pocket and kept everything quiet. I'm starting to, <coughs> I'm starting to get a little more parched. I have to have a little more of my Coke Zero. While I do that, I know that some of you may have had incidents in the past with insurance. You can always send feedback to the show at radiofreeg.blogspot.com or you can check out the toll-free across North America one triple eight four nine four two two six three. That's one triple eight four nine four G band. Toll free across North America, and you can get your feedback into the show. In fact, <clears throat> I think I'll play you a little liner for the show. I'm gonna have some more of my Coke Zero, and then we'll get to episode two of Tech Talk. So you think I'm full of shit? You think you could do any better? Got a comment, question, idea? Send it along to one triple eight four nine four two two six three. That's one triple eight forty nine G band. Available toll free across North America. Call the G band and make your opinion count. Call one eight 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 four nine four two two six three now. Alrighty, so I've had my Coke Zero. Let's get right into it with 
Episode 2 of Tech Talk brought to you by Soundwave. You can catch him out at don'tcrossthestreams.blogspot.com. He is your number one source for any and all technology-related news. In today's show, Soundwave goes through the pluses and minuses of all the... Well, not all. I mean, he, he's he's good, but he's not he's not that good. He's only got about 15 minutes or so. He goes through the four main formats that are out there for graphic files. And whether you're taking holiday snaps, personal archiving, or you're involved in some sort of web design, he goes through the pluses and minuses of each and tells you which format is best for your particular needs. Again, you can catch him at don'tcrossthestreams.blogspot.com. Let's get to episode two of Tech Talk with Soundwave. His name is Soundwave. He loves technology. He makes it easy for those like you and me. Tech Talk is his show. Strap in, get set to go. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Tech Talk. They say that a picture is worth a thousand words, but the right picture format will save you a thousand megs. Well, not really. There's only one camera that takes a picture that big and nobody uses it. So on to today's topic. Today we'll be uh, discussing the three or four more most popular uh, graphic formats uh, on the, available to most people. There's really hundreds of them, but not everybody uses every single format. Uh, we'll be talking about, in order of popularity, JPEG, GIF, PNG, and SVG. Um, anything else other than that is pretty exotic for the other everyday user, so we're going to stay clear of that. So start, let's start with the the first one, uh, JPEG. Everybody knows what JPEG is. The the term JPEG stands for Joint Photographic Experts Group. It's a type of uh, compression uh, formula that uh, reduces images in uh, in size while maintaining a certain degree of uh, quality. Now, JPEG is known as what's known as a lossy compression, which means it's actually removing some of the information from the file uh, in order to make the, the whole file smaller. Now, uh, as a result, uh, you don't want to be constantly editing and saving the same JPEG because every time you save it, it gets a little worse. I would uh, there's pro if you're really into editing JPEGs, there's other formats you can use as intermediates. Uh, most likely, the whatever software you're using has its own native format that saves everything exactly as it is. I would recommend using that, and then once you're ready to go, putting it on the web or, or whatever, then save it into JPEG and use whatever quality. I would usually maximize the quality just for the all purposes. JPEG is best for literally photographic images where there's thousands of colors where every dot is different from the next dot. You wouldn't want to use it for stuff with a lot of solid colors. Um, if you've drawn it by hand and there's a lot of groups of solid color, you know, squares and circles and whatever, with constant uh, one type of color in it, a JPEG is not suited for that. Uh, you may have noticed this when you save such drawings and you open it up and you find they're all speckly and everything. That's because JPEG's trying to uh, compress it and it's deleting some of the information in order to make it smaller. So JPEG, fantastic for multi-color multi, uh, images, 
but not for line drawings. The next uh, format we're going to be talking about is the GIF format. Everybody knows this one. It's the uh, it, for a long time it was the only way to get some sort of animation on your web page, and it still is the cheapest and uh, smallest way to get simple animation onto your web page. We're not even going to go into Adobe Flash because that's a very complicated uh, software, and you really have to be into it. And plus, the software to make that is uh, pretty expensive, so we're not going to go there. GIF stands for Graphics Interchange Format. Um, it's a very simple format. It uh, only supports 256 different colors in any um, in any picture. It doesn't limit you what those colors are. But you only get 256 colors in that palette. It's a real method to uh, control the size by limiting the number of colors it has to remember and code for. Um, GIF is, uh, uh, as opposed to JPEG, is excellent for line drawing and solid colors. So if you're drawing something by hand, again, GIF is a really good format to use. It's also not a lossy program. It's called lossless, so none of the data is deleted. But again, you can't get very photorealistic quality out of it because you've only got so many, you only have 256 colors that you can work with. Um, another really cool feature of GIF was the introduction of transparency, uh, which meant that particular section of the uh, picture was actually clear uh, and took on the color of whatever was behind it. This was pretty convenient. That way you could draw a limited you know, circular item or square item or just a little little thing without having to fill in the rest of the background with an exact match to whatever website you were going to use. This helped you to uh, recycle the same image in multiple locations, keeping your storage space down. But it was really a cool little thing, so you don't have to worry about you know, contrasting uh, issues, where uh, you have a white background and the image has a red background, so it looks really square instead of the circular or, or discrete object that you had drawn. Um, this is really, really a uh, convenient uh, uh, item. Uh, you could get rounded corners on a box. I mean, uh, there was there was a hundred possibilities that uh, took advantage of, of the transparency. And some of you may remember uh, back in the mid '90s, just as the internet was really uh, uh, taking off, and everybody and their brother had their own teeny little stupid web page, especially an AOL web page back in those days. What, uh, what was happening was that there was a lot that you know GIF was a patented uh, format, and a lot of prog a lot of uh, software that was being used to generate uh, GIFs were not were not paying royalties to use the uh, the compression format. So, so a lot of small time websites, uh, mainly college students or whatever, were afraid they were going to get sued into existence, or they were going to get charged uh, exorbitant fees, and. Uh, the issue became so big that uh, the PNG format was created as an alternative to the GIF. I believe the uh, patent on that has expired now, but it, it still left a, a bitter taste in most people's mouths because of the fact that the patent owners, and I don't remember who it is now because there was a long chain of buyouts, but the patent owners let the GIF propagate across the internet where it grew in popularity uh, for quite a long time before they decided to take advantage of this big uh, user base and essentially hold their uh, images for ransom by demanding royalty fees. It was uh, That's really what uh, bothered people. It's not like uh, 
they were upfront about it right in the beginning, and then suddenly you know everyone had an easy choice, and they were pretty quiet about who about uh, their property until it was too late. Now, as I stated earlier, the PNG format, which stands for Portable Network Graphic, was created in response to this patent issue. It's a, it's a completely open format; uh, no one owns it. I think that's what the portable stands for. You can use these images anywhere. Comparing the uh, PNG format with GIF, uh, you get uh, a lot of improvements over GIF. Uh, PNG has a better compression, so the for the same picture, PNG file will be usually smaller. Uh, PNG also has a lot more colors. You can use photo real use it for photorealistic uh, uh, pictures. Unfortunately, its compression is not as good as the JPEG. We're talking an order of uh, five to ten times larger. So, if uh, a JPEG image was two megs, the equivalent PNG image is going to be approximately uh, uh, ten to twenty megs in size. Now, uh, this makes it useless as an end format. I mean, you can't email somebody a PNG as twenty megs in size. But it's excellent for using as a temporary uh, editing format, as I've mentioned earlier. Another uh, one problem, though, is that the uh, the PNG does not support um, animation like GIF. Uh, they tried to build that in as a uh, as a format called MNG, but that hasn't really taken off, and nobody really uses it. So there's no point. Uh, no one supports it. Also, PNG isn't supported on a lot of older browsers. I believe the first uh, two browsers to support it was uh, Internet Explorer 4 and Netscape 4, uh, coincidentally. Uh, all modern browsers support it, and uh, and they support it well. Um, the most noticeable improvement is obviously with Internet Explorer, as uh, Internet Explorer 7 improves a lot of issues, resolves a lot of issues that had been long-standing with uh, PNG support previously. Other browsers such as uh, Safari, Firefox, and Opera uh, have vastly uh, superior support for PNG. And I would always recommend using those. Internet Explorer is not a good uh, browser if you're really meticulous about how your web pages look. It's about it's slower on the, on adopting new technology. It's not very um, standards compliant. It's something I would avoid. Firefox or Opera definitely the way to go um, if for to have a much better browsing experience. Moving on, uh, the final format we're going to talk about today, it's not really seen on web pages, but um, it's used to create uh, images uh, that will eventually be used on web pages called SVG. Now SVG stands for Scalable Vector Graphic. It's not the only graphic uh, vector graphic uh, format out there, but it is one of the uh, more popular ones amongst uh, regular users. Now the name stands for uh, means it's scalable. In other words, you can stretch this image as large as you want, and it's not going to get blurry, as with the other three formats, which are referred to as a raster or bitmap graphics. This is a vector graphic, and it defines all of its pictures in terms of uh, literally uh, formulas and uh, colors. So it's uh, it's map every time you draw it out, it's mapping out equations to draw this image. That w that's why it's scalable. It just rescales the grid and draws it again. The other formats are known as what they're called bitmap as I said before and they literally map out dots all over this uh, 
picture. You know, this square here is blue, and this square here is red. And uh, but when you stretch them, now it's got to start filling in the holes, and it's got to interpolate. Or if you're squishing it, there's sorry, just uh, shrinking it. Now it's got to remove selectively remove uh, colors and still make the picture look good. Also, SVG is really just a text file. It's not even a graphic at all. It's um, it's just a method of drawing the graphic. So whatever shows it is actually plotting all these uh, equations. You can actually open PNG in Notepad or Word or what or any uh, uh, word processing uh, software, and you can see exactly all the components. Scalable vector graphic is actually an XML spec. It's an open source XML uh, specification for drawing images. So anyone can implement it without paying anybody uh, any money. It's uh, again, this helps its portability. Uh, all mo all modern browsers support it natively, but uh, as I said before, no one really uses it in that for format. Um, obviously, with notable exception being uh, Internet Explorer, you actually have to install a uh, a plugin for it uh, in order for it to work. So you have to get third-party support by Adobe and or other people. Um, Again, Microsoft Internet Explorer, not a great browser. My Tech Talk uh, logo, as a matter of fact, was designed in uh, SVG using a program uh, I use called Inkscape. And uh, once I had it exactly there I wanted to, then I exported it into uh, PNG at the size I wanted to. I didn't have to stretch it after the fact. I created it in the exact right size, so all the edges stay sharper and uh, I reduce any blurriness that could result. This um, is a really flexible uh, ability of SVG. The real limitation on SVG is that it can't really duplicate uh, photorealistic images. I mean, you can gradient colors and create some really, really close uh, images, but you'll always really be able to tell that uh, it's not um, it's not a JPEG, it's not a photograph, that it was a hand-drawn object. It's just an element to it that it's just not as random in color as uh, as a JPEG would be. That gives it away. It gives away its uh, photographic nature. So that wraps up our little discussion about different uh, the various graphic formats. Um, none of them do everything. Each one is tailored to exactly what it was designed to do, and uh, they all complement each other. They work together as one big uh, graphic happy family. For more technical information about various subjects, I direct you to my blog at don'tcrossthestreams.blogspot.com. You'll probably find a link on Radio Free G's website, uh, which bring, and this brings us to the end of my uh, little session here. Back to you, Radio Free G. You're a strange animal, that's what I know. To the only guy who ever bought a Galwin album, you're listening. Radio Free G. See, I told you I didn't get rid of number one Radio Free G announcer Big V. That was him you heard on the patented Radio Free G one shots. Um, and I would like to say right off the bat before I forget and get into the next topic, our, our final topic, which is the um, suicide that I read about online. Uh, I want to say thank you to Soundwave for putting that information out there. I know that I will use it immediately uh, as I start to put together the posting for this show uh, at RadioFreeG.blogspot.com. I always try and put up something extra there on the site. Uh, so after you finish listening to the show, I always try and... Uh, I, well, I won't say 
Photoshop, but I always try and put up some sort of amusing picture that I find online that relates to the topics of the show. Now, the next topic I want to get into, um, well, I, I honestly don't even know where to start. I mean, I, I, I guess I'm just going to read you the posting that I saw online, and uh, then I'll get into a little bit of a discussion about it. It comes from the website metro.co.uk, and it is dated Friday, November 21, 2008. The headline is, Bodybuilder Commits Suicide Live on Web While Viewers Abuse Him. Now, the only thing I read uh, when I was checking this out, uh, when I found this, I just read that first little headline. And with a headline like that, it, it begs you to investigate further. We're living in the era of reality television. This takes it to a step that many people fear it is heading towards. And well, okay, let me just let me just read it to you, and I'll, I'll give you the story here. It's uh, quickly. It's about a young man named Abraham Briggs who left a suicide note online, and I will read you the article. Beginning quote. A teenager has committed suicide live on the internet after being egged on by others. About 1,500 people watched as 19-year-old Abraham K. Briggs of Florida overdosed on pills on Justin.tv, a live video streaming website. He had told others on a chat forum that he planned to kill himself and posted a suicide note on another forum before taking the pills and turning on his webcam. He lay on his bed and it was only after several hours that viewers realized what he had done. Viewers contacted the police who broke the door down and found the body before turning off the camera. A video clip was later posted on the internet which showed a police officer entering the room. Mr. Briggs went under the web name of Candy Junkie and was a member of a bodybuilding internet forum. On Wednesday, he logged onto the bodybuilding.com forum and wrote about the amount of drugs he was going to take. Because he had made similar threats in the past, moderators did not take him seriously, and other forum members even encouraged him to kill himself. He then posted his suicide note. He wrote, I am an asshole. I have let everyone down and I feel as though I will never change or never improve. I am in love with a girl and I know that I am not good enough for her. Please forgive me all for taking my own life so early. I tried so hard to fight against this strong battle. I have reached out for help so many times and yet I believe I was turned away because of the things I did that it is a punishment I am willing to take, for I know that being who I am has only brought upon myself and others pain. While he lay dead on the bed after the overdose, many forum members continued to insult him, thinking the suicide was staged. Based in San Francisco, Justin TV is an open network with thousands of live streaming channels. The company's chief executive, Michael Seibel, said, We regret that this has occurred and respect the privacy of the broadcaster and his family during this time. We have policies in place to discourage the distribution of distressing content, and our community monitors decide accordingly. This content was flagged by our community, reviewed, and removed according to our terms of service. End quote. When I first went through this, I had a million and one differing emotions and thoughts running through my head. At first, I found it incredible that people could egg this person on, that they would taunt him and insult him while he was literally dying in front of their eyes on a webcam. 
as I started to think more about it. I was actually shocked that something like this had never happened before. If it has, I'm certainly not aware of it. But given this incessant need that everyone has to post themselves on YouTube, uh, start start blogs, like this one, uh, start podcasting, um, everyone has this need to, to put themselves front and center to create their own content. And in other shows in the past, I've gone over some of the pluses and minuses of this. But given the boom in reality TV programming, given all those retarded shows like Amazing Race and Survivor and all that other crap that's on TV, you had to figure at some point this is where it was going. Then after I got over that, I must admit I became a little bit callous and I started thinking, well, you know, there's, there's money to be made here. If someone can do this, show it, Seeing the clip of police breaking into the room and turning the webcam off, that's pretty much the crescendo of the performance. I, I don't know what it, what it looked like, obviously, when, I don't know if he was thrashing around or if, if the, uh, Abraham was in, was in pain with the pills he took or if he, you know, just slowly got on his bed, popped a bottle, and just kind of went to sleep. Maybe he started drooling for a little bit, and then you know you couldn't even really tell what was going on. I was shocked at myself for thinking that, you know, there's, there's, there's box office here, there's money to be made. But given the times that we live in, these are the ideas that come streaming forth. And it's part of the reason why I put the new motto on the show. Welcome to your new world. This is the world that we live in. That it comes from Justin.tv, a, a website that I've never heard of, and I consider myself somewhat web savvy. But that it comes from uh, a site based in San Francisco, the 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 cesspool of filth and crime and loose morals. And I I know anyone out there who's in the listenership in San Francisco, feel free to give me a shout on the G band line or send me an email, and you know I'll take the piss out of you at that point because what what I'm saying is true. I, I dare you to defend yourself against my accusation. Anyways, back to the issue at hand with, with Mr. Abraham Briggs. Um, I, I honestly, as I read, I must have read this about two or three times now and, and tried to ruminate on, on everything that's in there. It's a very short article, but it's it's touches on so many things going on in the world. I don't know what to think about it anymore. I don't know what my position would be on that. I don't know where I would be drawing the line on an online suicide, a publicly televised online suicide, and where I would say, well, no, that can't be done, or it shouldn't be done. I don't think it should be done. I've made my views on suicide very clear in the past. But would anyone fake an episode of an online suicide? Is that still taboo? Is there anything that's still taboo in the world? Would someone catch flack for doing that if it just all turned out to be a, a monster promotion for Justin.tv? Do you think they would actually 
catch any negative press because of it. Oh, they, yeah, there might be some, but, you know, the old print whatever you want about me, just make sure you spell my name right. Does that apply in a situation like this? I can honestly say I don't know. I'm still thinking about it and trying to come up with a position on it. And that's why I left this one to the end. Um, this show has run a little bit long compared to the other episodes, but this topic I felt needed to be addressed. I'm As I'm taping this, I'm looking at a picture of Mr. Abraham Briggs. He He's a handsome young teenager in the prime of his life, and I don't know if maybe he was delusional, or if he was suffering from some sort of psychological problems, but if that was the note that he left, I'll, I'll paraphrase it for you, he feels like he's let, I feel like I've let everyone down, I'm in love with someone, and they're not returning my love. Okay. If that's the note that he left, I mean... What could put him in that situation to take his own life at that age? And given the situation that he was in, the article says he reached out for help many times in the past. Did he actually reach out for help? Is that just something they put in to, to spice up the article? Is that something that he thought that he reached out for help but never received the help that he needed? Does that somehow make it easier to say, oh, well, it was meant to be. Abraham was committed to take his own life. He was wrapped up in his own fate. I don't know. Obviously, the most chilling part of this is that after he died, and lay sprawled on his bed, with the webcam, of course, still running, People thought that it was fake. That old term, seeing is believing. And it's rather fortuitous that Soundwave, in Tech Talk Episode 2, brings up uh, picture files. As he says, a, a picture is worth a thousand words. Seeing is believing. Seeing is not believing anymore. We see a ton of shit, day in, day out, that we don't believe. For good reason. Maybe we need to flip that on its head, and believing is seeing. Maybe that's where we should be going and moving towards in society, instead of what we have. Because our senses are being bombarded daily. By the second, we're having stimulus fed into us. And we're just turning it all off, man. We're, we're turning everything off. We don't want to be bothered. We don't have time. Anyone who's done any rudimentary work in biology knows that when you don't start... Anyone, sorry, when you do not pay attention to feedback from the world, the outcome is death. There's a reason why your hand hurts when you put it on a hot stove. That's the universe telling you, don't be an idiot. Do not do not do that again. You got positive feedback from being burned. 
If you've got negative feedback, you're going to pull back a stump. And that's maybe where we are. Maybe the feedback we're getting is just too much and we're just turning it all off and we're just ignoring it. I don't know. There's a million and one ways to go off of something that, I mean, I would be surprised if I copy and pasted this article, threw it into Word, and, and got even 300 words out of it. But there's a ton of shit in here. And I still haven't really finished thinking about it and deciding what my final view is on this. Maybe I'll never get there. But I put it out there for you. Given the new tagline of the show, welcome to your new world. This is your new world, everyone. The world of Abraham K. Briggs and Justin TV. This is the world we're living in. Don't turn yourself off from it. On behalf of myself, Radio Free G, everyone in the Radio Free G family, catch you again next time on the G Band. And transmission. You have been listening to Radio Free G. Send all feedback and show ideas to radiofreeg at gmail.com or visit the website at radiofreeg.logspot.com. Catch you again next time on the G Band. End transmission.